0: Welcome to Tales from the Green Room, backstage conversations from popular music venues around the country curated by Mount Tam Media. Listen in as host Dennis Truzzullo and Mount Tam Media founder Tammy Larson dig up conversations with artists before and after shows in the exclusive confines of the green room. Welcome to another edition of Tales from the Green Room, brought to you by Mount Tam Media. I am your host, Dennis Strazullo, and I am here, as always, with my sidekick and founder of Mount Tam Media, <laughs> sidekick Tammy Larson. <laughs> That's a term of endearment. I hope you take it that way, and I hope you understand the honor of being the founder of this great uh, media company.
1: Nice recovery. Yes,
0: this great media company presenting Tales from the Green Room another podcast. Because this was the first Tales from the Green Room episode actually recorded, in a green room where the interviews were, we need to set you up a little bit. This was done at Mill Valley, California's Sweet Mortar Music Hall. Who are in the midst of celebrating their 50th anniversary all year, and you'll hear way more from us throughout the year on that. You know, but the, the interviews, I would say, what impromptu or informal. How would you describe them, Tammy?
1: Definitely. I mean, that's the whole beauty of it is catching them when they just come off stage or maybe right before they go on stage. And so their barriers are down. We're getting a lot of great information out of them.
0: So here's <laughs> yeah, so there's no intros except for now when we get in there. So we had Jay Lane, Jay Lane, drummer for Rat Dog, Wolf Brothers, Dead and Company, and many other collaborators and bands over the years, who has made many appearances at Sweetwater, and he was sitting on the couch with Sam Grisman. Sam is the son of David Grisman, and many know that his father was the mandolin-playing genius. F- genius, I was going to say, who famously paired with Jerry Garcia in one of his side projects, yeah. not sidekick. <laughs> so Sam talks about hearing about all the Jerry stories, etc. Dave Ellis is the third one. It was a separate interview, but we paired them or put them together. And if the reasons will become obvious, Dave was part of the Charlie Hunter trio, originally as a jazz saxophonist, and he morphed into the jam band scene, and he tells a great story about how that all happened. And so putting them together, was a a pretty obvious thing for us to do and you'll hear why when you hear about it oh by the way and dave also teased us with something coming uh soon so uh, let's not forget that so uh please enjoy this uh lively and entertaining bit with all these guys and uh tales from the green room coming your way
1: okay here we are sitting with samson grisman and jay lane yes jay
2: are we recording yeah, we're recording. Oh, now we, I'm gonna now I'm gonna tense up, and I'm all uh, nervous. Uh, I nervous. <laughs> can't think of anything to say. I was gonna <laughs> say a bunch of stuff. Now I can't think of. Uh, actually, I can think of something. We're, what are we talking about? The talking Sweetwater, about the right? Sweetwater. Okay, is, I got something to say. Yeah,
0: good. Go. Well, Older. were you gonna ask me a question first? Oh, first. I, well, I don't have to. But I was gonna ask you. First of all, fifty years of the Sweetwater. You played at the old Sweetwater, correct? Yeah, yeah. I
2: played at the old Sweetwater. That's all, the only thing I could think of for a second was a couple of stories from the old Sweetwater. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, one's not very, it doesn't paint me in the grade of light, perfect. but it's just interesting, <laughs> It's just interesting. the perspective is that, you know, when I first met Bob Weir, the reason why he wanted me on this gig, because I didn't really know anything about this kind of music, it came from left field with this shit, really. I was like into jazz and funk and a little bit of rock, but I didn't really know anything about The Grateful Dead. Nothing, literally nothing, and he was like, perfect, you're yeah. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Clean so, slate. One of the first couple gigs we did was at the old Sweetwater, and it was just a trio with Rob. Wa- is a recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yep. With laughs> We're always checking. Rob Wasserman and myself and Bob, and there might have been a few more people on that gig. I can't remember, but it was packed. It was a sweet old Sweetwater club, and Jeannie ran it, and it was really packed. And I'll admit, so they said we we're gonna do this song called Gloria. I did not know that song Gloria. In fact, the only Gloria song I knew was this R&B song. They went, Gloria, da, da, da. I forget, but it was like an R&B song. I didn't know, alright, G-L-O-R-I-A. Gloria. I had never heard that song in my life. Maybe I heard it somewhere when I was a kid, but I didn't know what the fuck, you know, I I was like, what song is this? They were playing
0: that in jazz classes.
2: No, no, that's the thing. I, I just didn't know. I was just, how is this, Is amazing. It's this, not only the band, but the entire audience, this entire club is singing this song. I've never heard this shit in my life.
3: Do you think it was a Grateful Dead song in that moment? No, I didn't know what it was. I, I really didn't know
2: because well, we didn't do any Grateful Dead songs back then. When I started playing with Bob, he was still doing the uh, the Grateful Dead was still together. So he when he played with Rob Wasserman, they were playing like walking Blues. They played uh, Fever, Eternity. I guess was that Dead, like the duo or something. Yeah, the duo. They had been they had been going since like 1988, and then I came in like '93, and then uh, I think we did cast. And throwing stones were the only Grateful Dead songs we did.
0: What were you guys called? This was not Rat. It was dog. called oh,
2: Scaring the Children. Oh, that's right. And then oh. and then it became and then it became Rat the Rat Dog. We did one gig as the Rat Dog Review. And then we did a small tour, and three days in the tour, Jerry died. Oh, and then God. it was just like, okay. And then we just kept on going, going, you know, it was like Bob's, uh,
0: Bob's coping mechanism.
2: Yeah, it was, so right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Going, he, he does say that ever since. Yeah. yeah. So, uh,
0: <laughs> it's kind of true, Sam. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Samuel. I'm going to call you
3: Samuel now. <laughs> very formal. I know you. No, that's actually not even my name. Oh, What is your name? Samson.
0: Oh, <laughs> well then I'm not going to call you Samuel at all. Sam Sam I mean, I, I would let you do it, Sam.
3: but my dad wouldn't stand for it. No, him. he
0: would not. And I would be, uh, yeah, that'd be my ass.
2: Samuel. Yeah. Let me just say, this is my new favorite bass player right here, Samson right here. My new fucking bass player. We haven't played a gig. One gig together, we just played a sound check together. And, oh, my just God. Just like
0: that. It was just
3: like wow. or something.
0: Well, I guess I could use <laughs> Samson and Delilah to remember your name correctly.
3: That would be a good yeah. That'll work. A good move right
0: on my part
3: for deadheads and, and so.
0: All right, so we don't ask people this much, but how old are you?
3: I'm about to turn 33. What? Yeah. What? All right, the, actually, the day before my 33rd birthday, I'm playing at the Sweetwater. Oh, that's my band. Oh, we're gonna have yeah. a
0: party. So here's the thing: I was gonna, gonna have a party. you know, you guys know Matt Jaffe, right? I was gonna you guys know Matt
3: Jaffe. So yeah, long, oh, yeah. Um, but he's even younger than I he's am. He's younger. By and, quite a bit.
0: And the reason I bring him by quite a bit, and the reason I bring it up, I thought, well, I'm not going to ask him about the old Sweetwater. And he played there.
3: No fucking way. When he was there
0: 10? When he was 10. No, He oh, was really? like 10 or 11. I, got, I,
3: I never had a full gig there. I got, I sat in with some folks there. My dad would kind of sneak me down there whenever he had friends in the area who were playing there, and that's usually where they would be playing. So... <laughs> A lot of bluegrass musicians, uh, you know, I saw for the first time down at the Sweetwater.
1: Yeah. Are you one of the kids that like were stealing drugs from down in the green room?
3: No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the green room.
1: Was, right. uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just to riletto. his dad's bedroom.
3: And but this was, this was before I was, you know, into yeah. that kind of shit. Right. right.
0: And you're not not that you're into it now. That's only
3: Jay. Is weed a drug? Uh,
2: yeah. you know, uh, a Grab couple of
0: were, we're children of, of San Francisco
2: jazz musicians, and my one buddy, uh, Al Marshall. His dad was Eddie Marshall, passed away, and he he played a lot with. Um, he was a house drummer at Keystone Corner in San Francisco for many years. He played with uh, Bobby Hutcherson, vibraphonist, and uh, among others, and and uh, such a heavy heavy drummer, but. Um, god why oh my god uh-huh. <laughs> what were sure, we talking sure. about right yeah. before that oh, Sweetwater. we're talking about, we're talking we're talking about, about kids doing drugs, stealing oh, yeah, drugs. <laughs> kids do drugs. Yeah. so anyway so fucking but so anyway at the keystone corner right imagine the 70s keystone corner imagine the drugs backstage there right yeah. Yeah, they so were, uh, so al was yeah, a little i think i don't know he's five years old or something somehow he ate a whole table of drugs like he ate a shitload of acid like, he just ate all these drugs. I don't know. As a little kid, maybe he just saw that's what they were all coveting backstage. And then they went on stage. They leave him backstage. And he ends up gobbling all these oh, drugs. What? And he remembers this as a kid. And it's just like you know, I think they had to babysit through him through it or whatever. But but he's is very interesting. My buddy's really interesting cat. Like he's really one of the most optimistic people I've ever met. Maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> That's <he's> true. Like,
1: <laughs> Maybe they should rethink everything.
3: It's just
2: like it really opened up his mind at a yes. young age,
0: you know. Yes, sir, Samson.
2: Okay. Yeah, I just
3: remember the music expanding my consciousness at that Thank age. Thank
0: you, Samson, for bringing <laughs> it back for- <laughs> to the clean family show that this isn't. All right, so tell us. So you played a couple of gigs there that you remember i mean
3: mostly just sitting in with folks like uh i remember herb peterson came to town with maybe like john jorgensen and some other kind of ringer established road musicians who kind of played bluegrass for fun i remember those cats came to the Sweetwater maybe in like 2001 or 2000 somewhere around there but i remember going to shows there when i was you know eight to twelve Something like that Like when your dad was playing? No, I, Not I don't necessarily. remember my dad really ever playing the Sweetwater really? I, I mean I, I remember my dad Rekindling his musical friendship with Jerry Just in the I wasn't even alive yet But I just remember that story right. The story of that right. they were at John Goddard's uh, Christmas party
1: yeah. At
3: the Sweetwater
1: so Yeah they were sort
3: of estranged for a while right Or something or whatever that well, yeah, was Well yeah there was some, some <laughs> bread stuff I think <laughs>
0: so how about here besides the sound check tonight with jay what's your experience playing at this this new venue
3: this new venue i've played a few gigs here with some friends i can't remember the last gig i played here but when i was booking my first tour for my project i figured a hometown show would be awesome and no better place to do it than the Sweetwater.
0: right on yeah and so what about tonight how does it feel to be part of this thing tonight
3: this is an absolute honor man it's like yeah. Stepping into a really great band and uh, getting to play with a legendary figure who I've never met You know, I've never met Bobby. I've never encountered him in the wild and I love his music And he's just always been a mystery to me just because I've met so many of these cats and grew up around Jerry and He's the other one, you know, yeah, so
2: right Dude, but yeah. your timing you play you got the timing I guess from your dad I the timing in your playing is as a drummer. That's what I key in on on bass players You know the the more you can fucking so here's the thing you So a lot of times a lot of drummers It's it's like a Right a lot of a lot of 16 notes, right? Yeah. They're defining the whole feel of the groove or is to get to to get to Or to get to back, you know, they're really defining but I know his Kruitsman doesn't do that. He goes and he'll do fills that are 16 notes, but that's that real Grateful Dead sound where it's like, and I actually like that more where it's like you're doing the eighth notes like. Yeah. And then the, leaving it to the other instruments to go, you know, the, the the little pulsing that. So it's not the drummer defining the whole thing. It's just like that music pipe potes through, and the drums just kind of keep it on the beat. But the, it, you know, because when the drummer's going to get to go back, you don't really hear the other instruments do it. Right. You know, and that's what I love about your playing is you're doing that. Like I'm leaving the holes. The worst thing that happens sometimes is when I don't do the to get to go back, and I'm just. And then people play less rhythm than that. <laughs> it's just like da, 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 da. that happens sometimes. But
3: anyway, it's really nice. Awesome. I'm looking for that too. Yeah, right
1: we to be listening Thanks, that. Man. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's probably just from my dad making me cry so much as a kid, <laughs> telling me I was rushing or dragging. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to, you know, listen enough and leave enough space for you guys.
0: Well, Samson, Not play you play too much. Um, you know, you had a little cup of coffee or two at the old one. You played a few here, but <laughs> but let me tell you something. Uh, you're part of a legacy now. I mean, I'm honored, uh, man. Uh, playing here tonight, yeah. You know, uh, part of the legacy of Sweetwater, and you know, your family, yourself, etc. Et but yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for being here and being Thanks part of it. Thanks for having that. me. And yeah. I got to get
3: me in here, Jay. Yeah, yeah I want yes. to ask Jay
0: one quick question about Rob Wasserman because we just did the uh, benefit the other night for uh, Music Hills International, and thank you yes. for joining us. I would not that. be
2: here. If it Were it not for Rob Wasserman, let me just make that perfectly clear. I met him through a little thing we did, a little side gig, a little recording session I did with Les Claypool. Claypool called me up because they were looking for a drummer. This is going to be him and Rob Wasserman recording, and they brought me. I met Rob that day, and he goes, "Hey, I got this other session up at Bob Weir's house. Want to come do that?" I was like, "Wow!" All of a sudden, I got sessions. Killer. And that was like 1994, and like it's just like here I am still. Here
0: you are, and apparently you've learned that Grateful Dead music, huh?
2: It took it took a while. (laughs) It took a while. Yeah, I do like it. I, I Jerry's part on I,
3: I, yeah. Jack Straw now, man.
2: I got, I got to really liking it, man, you know.
1: Are you guys playing Cassidy or Jackstraw tonight?
2: I haven't looked at the set list. You haven't? In, in fact, I don't like to look at the set list. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be surprised just like you guys. I yeah, like to, Who cool. what's the next song?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, wow. I don't really like the whole set list thing. No, yeah.
2: me either. That, I don't. That ruins no, it that ruins it, it for the audience, Because then you're expecting totally. something, you know?
1: yeah. Oh man. Or you could
2: look
0: at the set list and go, oh, this is going to suck. Sucks.
2: And then I you have him. your mind made up that it's sucking while it's killing. Yeah,
0: that's totally true. Yeah, and, and we all know that any song, any night, can be different. Yeah. You know, so yep. right on. Hey okay, guys. Okay, you guys. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Part yeah. of the legacy. Night night. You guys rock. Thank One you. One word
3: in defense of the set list.
0: Yes, oh. go for it. Okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Our buddy
3: Matt Bush is doing a tremendous job of putting these tunes oh. together. And yeah. he writes some amazing set lists, so I'm okay. I'm grateful for that cat because he he uh, he let me know what I should be shedding for these yeah. dudes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. You know, all right. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to hear the two you guys two <laughs> <play>. Yeah,
2: <laughs> totally, right it's like of all the 200 songs you could learn the wrong. Well, I put that
3: on myself <laughs> because he when he called me for the gig, he asked me what Dead Dylan. And sort of Bobby Adjacent stuff I knew Perfect. And I just like Pulled up set list FM And I started making this list And by the time I was done with the list It was like almost 2 You know It was like 150 tunes Or something like that Yeah none of them Will be on it Yeah Well no, <laughs> no I mean, Oh no oh, you know. Know. Yeah. Right on guys Alright you guys Cheers, Thanks man. so much Thanks a lot
2: Have Thanks
1: for fun. your time Have a great time
0: We will get back to the Green Room in just a moment, but first, we'd like to thank and hear from our sponsor helping make this podcast possible. This episode of Tales from the Green Room is brought to you by the Sports and Entertainment Group of the O'Hagan-Meyer Law Firm. O'Hagan-Meyer is a proud holder of a Mansfield Rule certification, reflecting an ongoing commitment to consider a broad pool of candidates as it hires and promotes by intentionally, including lawyers who identify as members of historically Underrepresented groups. The Mansfield Rule is named after Arabella Mansfield, the first woman admitted to the practice of law in the United States. Mansfield Rule certification reaffirms O'Hagan Meyer's commitment to equity and inclusion. The firm has a national scope with offices in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., and can be found on the web at o'HaganMeyer.com. Dave Ellis. Welcome to the uh, Mount Tam Media podcast that is celebrating 50 years of the Sweetwater Music Hall. And uh, you've had a cup of coffee or two at both venues. And what we're asking folks, including yourself, as such as yourself, some favorite moments or memories of Sweetwater over the years, and maybe also just your
1: impressions
0: on this venue being 50 years old, even though it's been at two different locations.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, my daughter just turned 22 which I find impossible to believe. And uh, the fact that it's 50 years is not okay <laughs> no, that's at right. all. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. <sighs> you know, I started spending most of my time somewhere on Throckmorton Street <laughs> <laughs> around 1996, probably. And uh, Jay Lane brought me up to start playing with Bobby. But before that, I sat in with Bob a couple times when it was just the trio, Bob, Rob, and Jay, which was Rat Dog at the time, which had just morphed from Scaring the Children. Right. When it was just a duo, it was called Scaring the Children. I think that's a little-known fact that should be more well-known. It is now. It's Bobby's <laughs> band, Rob and Rob, Scaring the Children. I mean, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Probably because of the name. I was, that's what I said. This has got to be the name. But... Uh, <laughs> And I came in and sat in and and played with those guys. And I didn't know Rob personally, but I knew him from the records he had put out, the sort of duos thing that he was doing. Right. And um, first thing, I was just amazed at the skinny, tiny club thing. It reminded me of a club called Wally's. I went to school in Boston at Berklee College of Music, and Wally's was the place where all the... Kids from all the schools would go after they've spent all day practicing and try and annihilate each other. Right. It, it was like a you know a long closet, you know. And I said, "Wow, this is like hippie Wallies, <laughs> hippie Wallies." <laughs> you know, but I I grew up in Berkeley, jazz focused guy, but both my parents are educators and lefties and. <laughs> Slash Berkeley, right? (laughs) I mean, you know, Berkeley lefties, exactly, right? So I I sort of refer to myself as a Berkeley cripple, because when I went to Boston for school, I was like, this is not the, I did not grow up in the real world. Right. So it was not an unfamiliar world to me. But I think, you know, everyone sort of had a, I didn't grow up a a dead fan. And I think I had a sort of preconceived notion of, of Bob and all the, the band members. And, it was, you know, my first thought was, this dude's extra cool and uh, this is fun. And, it's, you know, Jay's my best friend. So <laughs> I was you ask you how you knew Jay. He, well, he and I met at Casadero Music Camp in 1979 oh, up in the Redwoods and as kids and just sort of immediately became good buddies, sat around listening to Weather Report and Jocko oh, and, you know, all that stuff. But the connection was Jay had worked with Les Claypool and Primus. Rob said that him and Bob were looking for a drummer, and he asked Les, and Les said, what about Jay? But Jay and I and Charlie Hunter were the Charlie Hunter trio at the time, so he left that to go play with Bob and Rob, which was I was not happy about. No,
0: bad not. No.
1: Yeah. I said, he said, we'll just come hang, which is what you do. You come and hang. So I just came and hung all the time. And the result really is the reason I'm talking to you now is from coming to hang out with Bob and Rob and Jay at the Sweetwater in nineteen ninety you had to be five or six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that that's because it was a hangout place, right? I mean it was that Bobby calls it his playpen. Well that's you know?
1: what I that's what I came to understand was that after we had sort of I was in the band proper and we were up at Bob's all the time, just up the street and rehearsing all the time and And touring, I could see that sort of really get a sense of who Bob was a difficult time because he was healing from Jerry's death by just continuing to play right. music.
0: And he says that openly. That's what he did.
2: yeah, yeah. keep playing. But right? I
1: think he's come to that realization that he grieved by doing that. Now that we're down the road aways, but at the time when I first met Bob, I said, Man, this is a sad he's just a sad guy. A
0: sad guy. Now, was this all with rat dog yeah. that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. So then we would, we go out on tour and, you know, you've got fans of different kinds all over the States and everywhere we went. And I was always interested in sort of, you know, sort of go down South and the, there's more quilted, quilted <laughs> dance. Yeah, there's more quilting happening here. There's more like patchwork, you know, and it, the East Coast is way high energy compared to other places. It's just like, wow, there's just like these different vibes. But then we come back here and that's like, you know, First Avenue for Prince or something. It's like, this is the hometown. I know everybody. I can let my hair down. Nobody's going to come ask me for my autograph. I can say whatever I want to say. I can be whatever I want to be. It's a receptive audience. I can try out things I'm thinking of that I might want to do later. And it's no one's going to judge what I'm doing. Nobody's going to judge. Complete freedom. And um, I stepped into that. So I didn't, I really wasn't privy to the sort of (laughs) business that it became. (laughs) that That it was and that it became, especially after. Such a great. you talk about the whole dead scene yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah well not the scene the business yeah i mean employees yes and right. people's lives depending on it and bosses and boss terminations and, and people office workers yes and copy machines that need ink and you know <laughs> yeah. in the vault and needing air conditioning and all, all that stuff you know that's all that the lights had to stay on so I I was real lucky to get into the creative space right away which was what was attractive to me and then me as a sax player made sense only because Jerry wasn't there and really could not have a lead guitars streaming in and out the door it just would not have made with sense with a sax player no with Jerry not there well, with, just to be like oh, you know oh, like we're and getting out. some kind of Jerry replacement or you know oh. just having Bob playing with the lead guitar well, that wasn't happening no, no way so sax made sense yeah of the Sax with uh, Farrell Saunders and I guess Branford sitting in and Clarence huh? and Clarence. yeah, I mean there was a role for it, which I had to sort of re- you know sort of study and research. but it was it was a kind of a job I sort of had to make up because we were doing a lot of Bob stuff. We were doing a lot of um, his stuff that inspired him when he was younger and then we got Johnny Johnson in the band. nice. <laughs> you, know, you know so for me it was um, what was happening in my own life, I had just signed a record deal with a local company and I was doing my record and doing Bob's thing and I had some offers to g- get out of here and I stuck around, specifically. Charlie asked if I wanted to be on D'Angelo's first record and go to New York and so I said, I can't. I'm hanging out with Bob in wow. his house. Yeah. That's so cool. So yeah. it was just a crossroads. It, it's, you know? it's
0: back to that being comfortable, right? And just in a yeah. place where you can... It's so interesting you say that about the... You know, just. Not worrying, experimenting. I spoke, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing George Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. recently when he came through here asking him these types of questions. That's cool. And he said the very same thing still to this day. He can come out and people aren't going to be yelling at him, play
1: this song. Exactly. Or, you know, yes.
0: and it's just, you could be comfortable and experiment.
1: And in, in that exact time period, just right after Jerry left... I think it was necessary yes for bob to be in a comfort zone yeah. you know and uh not have to take a break i mean for god's sake how many you know if he took a break who knows what would have happened yeah i think we know what would have happened yeah we do
2: that's, that was a rhetorical <laughs> yes, question indeed, Dave.
1: Indeed, but, yeah.
2: so
0: wow well boy it's amazing how it evokes memories that are very heartfelt i can see it in your your face and yeah, your, your i mean you not know? just
1: you know the the club itself i mean i'm a a Barry, a guy, and yeah. all clubs have a particular meaning. But they—it's sort of like a song you like, you know. It's the Sweetwater's the same. I hear the name Sweetwater, even if it's this club, I still kind of think of the old one, like Sweetwater. right. At least it's only a hundred yards away. that's right, and
0: it's—they're certainly trying to evoke some of that. You're never going to get all that magic back, but there's some of it. I got to
1: tell you though. Tell me from the time this place opened, you know, when Bob decided to build it, and all the paint was fresh, and to now you know there's been enough music in this place it's soaked in the walls it's beginning to have that thing that's beautiful so we
0: were reminded here of a potential special moment that uh, Dave was part of the first band
1: to ever play at this new sweetwater is that right is that coming to you uh, that is coming to me from a little bird behind a console here yes and I did not know that. It may have been I didn't realize that was the first show. I don't think I would have imagined that that was... It's as, all you know, one as continuum. As a, Let's just go with that. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, to crack the seal on this place, I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that. And I, that's that's an honor. It's yeah. coming back, yeah. yeah, yeah or no, maybe think? it never went away. It just needed to restructure. But it's different. Yeah, it's different. Thankfully, yeah. it's larger.
0: Tell, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me this, and I'll let you go. You mm-hmm. have a gig to play. Any... Favorite memory because you gave like I said, I evoked a lot of emotion and memory But is there a favorite moment
1: that you can that comes to mind? Yeah, well, I we were talking about it earlier I really like the um, i played here a number of times and Bob and I have done different things here But the music heals international last year when it was when the power went out in the middle of the show and the only people capable of playing were the drummer and myself And it happened to be at a huge, gigantic high point in the show. And there was nothing to do but keep on rocking. And so, me and I guess it was was Ezra. Was it Ezra? Ezra was there, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, just kept rocking for like 15 minutes until the lights came on. And so they came.
0: I remember uh, the local musician, Jamie Clark, came out and did a. Yeah. He did a great job helped. of helped it go because he had <laughs> yeah. the loudest voice in the room, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Was... And I was back here. And by the way, thank, I did not prompt him on this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Music Heals International. I'm the president of the board oh, there. Oh, right.
1: <laughs> and I didn't know that until a few minutes it ago. did not yeah. know that. And
0: yeah. uh, so thank you for giving us a little plug. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that was, uh, it's amazing. That was your favorite
1: moment or memorable, maybe not favorite. but, but I, I, It was definitely yeah. a highlight and it is also the most recent. So, yes. you know.
0: <laughs> There's that memory thing we were talking about or lack thereof. (laughs) If I had
1: more time to research, I'm sure I could pull out some other things. Well, I appreciate the time you gave me
0: here gave us here. We're going to share this with the community. And uh, we have a lot of little sound bites, but this is one of the better ones. I really appreciate it, And
1: I'm just, I'm not going to be specific, but I have something I'm doing uh, next year that's going to be super special. And so just Dave Ellis is still here, and I have something to offer. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: watch this space. Watch this space. Watch this space. And we will also uh, hopefully see you for our 10th anniversary and make some more magic next year with Music yeah, Guilds International. You know, is my command. I Fabulous. will be there. Fabulous. All right. Yeah. Can't wait for tonight. And my gal, Anna Jay, and her Change the World singing with you guys tonight. Special moment for her. This will be her favorite moment immediately, I'm sure. So thank you for supporting her.
1: Excellent. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Great tune. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Brother. All
0: right. <music> Thanks for listening to Tales from the Green Room, a presentation of Mount Tam Media. You can hear more spontaneous stories from the secluded confines of green rooms on our next episode. To experience all Mount Tam Media productions, including the Woman Are Smarter podcast, log on to mounttammedia.com. We'll see you at the next show.